and welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even in the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, this week, I do have Mike back with me. Uh, we are actually going to be covering one of our favorites from the 80s. Uh, I'm sure all of you have seen it. I'm going to play the bumper here, and I'll insert the bumper or the intro probably right about here. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The legend of Voltron, defender of the universe. A mighty robot, loved by good, feared by evil. As Voltron's legend grew, peace settled across the galaxy. On planet Earth, a galaxy alliance was formed. Together with the good planets of the solar system, they maintained peace throughout the universe. Until a new horrible menace threatened the galaxy. Voltron was needed once more. This is the story of the super force of space explorers. Specially trained and sent by the Alliance to bring back Voltron, Defender of the Universe. And there you go, folks. We have we are going to be covering Voltron. Uh, so, Mike, what what do you what do you remember about this show? Because I know that this is one of your hot your hot oh ones. Oh my god! Uh, well, first of all, I've covered Voltron like five years ago on GeekCastRadio.com, <laughs> Tooncast Classic. Um, I covered in in Tooncast Classic episode four. I'm trying to see. I don't think we were. I don't think we were approving or not approving. Um, I don't think we were verifying audio files back then, but um, what happened was when when we when I started Tooncast Classic, I wanted to be I, my thought was okay before I do an episode of a podcast, I have to watch every single episode of a cartoon. Oh, so at the time, uh, at the time I had, I believe the fifth tin, the fifth lion tin, the volume oh. five set. I had all five tins. And they were awesome. And I spent about, I think, in a week and a half or a week and two days, I spent the majority of the time watching pretty much all of the first four volumes. By the time I got to volume five, it was kind of – it wasn't wearing on me and it's it's not a bad series at all. Oh, I'm no. not saying it's bad. It's just – the episodes in Volume 5 or Season 5 or whatever they call it, I forget what the hell they called it, they just didn't connect with me as some of the other ones did. Yeah. Um, so there is that. Um, but no, I mean, Voltron, as a kid growing up, I mean, you know, space explorers who, you know, become essentially superheroes and, you know, fighting a, you know, evil king and his son and his evil witch. Um, actually, it's really funny that um, it kind of, okay, outside of the five lion pilots, um, if you look at uh, King's Archon, Prince Lotor, and Hagar, they're essentially, 
uh, oh, crap, what's his name? Uh, Prince John, Sheriff of Nottingham, and what's her name from Robin Hood? Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I, I love this show. I mean, this to me was school was not good because they used to show it in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And I would watch it before I went to school. It was like, we got to sit down, we got to watch this entire episode. And then after the episode was over, we had to rush up the hill to go to school. So it was like, we'd sit there and we'd watch it. And, and just seeing everything, you know, Voltron coming together, the lions forming up, all form the head, you know, the the form blazing sword as the, as the hands came together to form it. it. It was just like, oh my God, I love this. Love this show. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, this was just, it brought back so many memories from my childhood when I sat down to watch the show again. I was just, there was so much of it that I always thought, oh, well, I was always really fascinated by the robots transforming and everything that I never really got too much into the show when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so the story, I was kind of like, wow, there's actually a really good story behind this. There's an amazing story behind it. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't follow it when I was, you know, I was seven, eight years old. What do you expect? It was... I mean, granted, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I didn't follow it myself, like, fully, but that, I'm sorry, anyone who didn't follow that first five-parter that brought them all together, anyone that didn't follow that or remember the story from that, then you was some crazy kids, because every, then that was the thing back then, every oh, yeah. cartoon series, almost every cartoon series had a five-episode arc to begin it. Transformers did. Well, Transformers had three. I'm sorry. Uh, Transformers had three. I think G.I. Joe had five. Um, He-Man, you know, I know, had five. No, that was She-Ra. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Secret He-Man, of the Sword. He-Man, yes. Yeah, was Secret of the Sword. Um, uh, you know, so, but that was the standard back then to do a five-episode miniseries kind of thing and and go from there. And with Voltron, it just... It hit. I mean, you know, you've got oh, yeah. five different people. You've got uh, Keith, Sven, Pidge, Hunk, and Lance. Yeah, forget Lance. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you've got those five guys who are all, you know, friends, and they're all space explorers. They that th- they've been a team for probably a number of years. Um, they're space explorers, and they, you know, they're. Basically, they're all reluctant heroes because they all have, you know, they all have to, you know, save Eris from from Planet Doom and and King Zarkon and and Lotor and all that stuff. And five very unique individuals. I still, to this day, even as a kid, I never cared for Sven at all. He, um, Sven was kind of, I don't know. I, I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad what happened to him. And and let's go ahead and talk. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the characters, and we'll kind of mention some of the names here so we can kind of dive into that. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's start off. We'll, we'll go ahead and we'll kind of – we'll start off with Sven since we're kind of picking on him. <laughs> yeah. uh, for those who don't know, Sven was uh, – he was voiced by Michael Bell. Uh, Michael Bell has – God, he's got so much under his belt. Uh, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, mean the I mean, guy uh, Prowl from Transformers – um, let's see here. Uh, uh, God, he's got so much. Oh, uh, Duke. Yep, Duke from G.I. Joe, Prowl from Transformers. Um, uh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like looking at his list here on IMDb and it's like, oh my God. 
Um, he was Drew he was, Pickles. Yeah, he, he was actually yeah he was Drew Pickles. He was Duke Zaymont, uh, Major Blood, Lift Ticket, uh, Clutch, Scrap, Scrap Iron. Couldn't read that at first. Uh, those are all G.I. Joe roles. Um, Transformers, he was Prowl, Scrapper, Sideswipe, Bone Crusher, uh, Bombshell, Swoop. Oh, my God, I love Swoop. <laughs> I, I fucking love Swoop. Swoop is one of the best items. Grimlock, Swoop, and Slat. No, not uh, Grimlock, Swoop, and Snarl are my three favorite Dinobots. He was Brainstorm. Uh, he uh, was, uh, let's see. He was, oh my god, <laughs> the legendary superpowers show. He was Zan and Gleek. Oh. I never knew until now who voiced Gleek, and now I know it's Michael Bell. Wow, I thought that might have been Frank Welker, honestly. You, you know, he that was, surprises me too. Yeah. He was uh, Grouchy and Handy Smurf. <laughs> he was, uh, let's see. Um. There's a lot of repeats here because uh, I'm using BehindTheVoiceActors.com. I'm he, um, he was Chucky on um, – or, or Chaz Chuck, – well – Chaz Finster. Yeah, on uh, Rugrats. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Wow, he's actually had a couple of Blizzard games. I should have known this considering I used to work for him. Uh-huh. Um, he was the druid in Diablo 2 Lord of Destruction. Uh, let me see. He was uh, – Oh, God. He was in Warcraft 3 uh, as the Prophet, Necromancer, and Druid of the Talons. Uh, so if anybody's played those games, I'm sure you'll recognize his voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Call of Duty as Sergeant Pavlov. Damn, he's got a lot of stuff here. I mean, a lot yep. of video games, I'm looking. Oh, yeah. I mean, he simply amazing. Absolutely awesome. Uh but yeah, let, let's let's get back to Sven anyway. <laughs> uh, so Sven was he was a Norwegian pilot, which I still don't understand why they chose to give him an accent like that. Um, second in command, piloted the Blue Lion, wore a black uniform, which that always confused me. Why didn't they wear <laughs> uniforms that were the same color as their lions? I couldn't tell you. Well, now Pidge and Hunk did. Pidge wore green. He was in the Green Lion, and Hunk wore well. Hunk wore orange, but he was in the Yellow Lion. Yeah. Um, Sven, Lance, and Keith are the three that are okay. If you want to count Laura, but I mean that was probably a marketing shtick because yeah. she's a girl. She has to wear the pink. Yeah, you know. Um, but. Uh, uh, was yeah, was Sven, Lance, and Keith? I have no idea why they were like that whatsoever. Uh, just it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And I mean, I know that they, you know, Sven. I know he was only in there for like what eight or ten or uh, six episodes because he gets killed. The, well, well, he gets killed in the lion, right? <laughs> they they hit him with some sort of ice sword and poison him, and he comes back off screen or something. I, I I forget what exactly happened with it. Yeah. But it was like, really, really just, and I was like, thank God they got him out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's not, um, he's just not, he's, he, and I think the problem was, and maybe they wanted to stay true to the go lion series, 
But obviously in America, we can't kill people in cartoons. Well, not in the 80s. Yet, yet a kid – well, a kid in the 30s can – you know, a little kid in, in Easter Yeggs can run around with a damn shotgun. Yeah. You know, I, I mean – well, he didn't run around with it. He was, it was, he was sucking on it in his, in his crib. But anyway, um, I think they wanted to kind of stay true to the story of Go Lion, but obviously they had to modify it a little bit where they just said, oh, he's, he's severely injured. And he does come back for a, a little while every now and then um, throughout the series. But once he's kind of gone and done, um, he was actually, I believe, dating or seeing or screwing Princess Romel or Ronel or whatever. Whatever uh, Alora's cousin is, I forget off the top of my head what her character name is. Yeah, I'd have to look a little further down here. Uh, yeah. um, anyway, it doesn't really matter too much. Uh, moving on from that, uh, as we move on from Sven, we go to, uh, we'll go ahead and go to Lance here. Uh, Lance was voiced by Michael Bell, uh, again, taking over that character. And this was showing the versatility as far as I was concerned, the fact that he was able to jump back and forth between these two characters. Yes, Sven was annoying as hell with the Norwegian accent, but Lance was just, he was kick-ass, you know. Uh, I believe I heard an interview with Bell, and he said that Lance was, you know, just using your voice normally, but Sven, in order to get the accent, he did say like he did some inverted breathing or some some strange technique voice actors can do to get your voice to sound differently. Like, you know, maybe he's talking with his tongue halfway up here. So I, I know that's not what Sven sounds like, but it was something that he did with his mouth to ha- – like he was talking out of the, the back end of the breath um, or something like that. Uh, you know, um, but Lance – Lance is – He's a little bit of a hothead. Yeah, <laughs> you know he he was. I, I still I still kind of like Lance. Oh no, I, I like him, but he he he's the hothead of the group. Yeah, I mean Lance was Lance flew the Red Lion, uh, turned in the red the right arm of Ultron. Uh, again, as we mentioned, he was wearing a blue uniform in the series, which I always thought was kind of weird. But uh, you know he, <laughs> I love the fact that he was the ladies' man throughout the series. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So, uh, of course, I have to mention as well. Uh, jumping on from there, Pidge. Uh, now, Pidge, he holds a little bit of a little bit of a spot in my heart here, just because he was voiced by Neil Ross, and I've mentioned this before on on the series. Neil Ross, he got his start at KCBQ radio in Santee, uh, mm-hmm. my hometown. And I remember seeing Neil coming in and out of KCBQ studios. Uh, so it's kind of <laughs> cool to see it, you know? I mean, it's just, it was this little shack, you know, I mean, basically this little little thing probably looked like it was a little bit bigger than a McDonald's and had kind of the same angled roof for the studios there at the time. And it was in the middle of a field in the middle of these antennas in, in Santee. Uh, hmm. But yeah, Neil Ross, I mean, he's Neil's been... He's been around as well. A lot of stuff that he's done. Uh, you know, he he obviously voiced Pidge, and you'd never know it. He also uh, he voices uh, Keith in this as well. Uh, but I mean, he's God. What else has he done? Um, let me see. Uh, he was he was Springer in Transformers. Um, 
he was uh, he did a lot of Transformers voices. Oh, I know something that I remember him talking about at uh, Comic-Con. He was saying that he was the voice of the Oscars one year. Uh, when mm. you hear them doing the narrations, uh, calling out at the uh, intermissions and such, that was him doing it. So I thought that was kind of neat. In Transformers, uh, he was Bone Crusher, Crosshairs, Fracas, Hook, Monzo, Point Blank, Powerful Robot, Six Shot, Slag, Springer, and Tome Drawn? Okay. Uh, in animated, uh, oh, this is the BotCon 2011 script reading. He was Sideswipe and Wild Rider. Uh, yeah, that's a script reading. There's a difference. Yeah. Uh, n- not that that isn't awesome, but no. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me see. I'm looking through here. Uh, we mentioned about Voltron. Well, we know he's in Voltron. He does come back in the uh, the newer TV series. Uh, again, as Keith, but mm-hmm. uh, let me see. He was Norman Osborn slash Green Goblin in the uh, 95, 98, 95 to 98 Spider-Man series. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see what else. Uh, Lieutenant Mitch Kellaway in the mask. Uh, TV <laughs> series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Doctor Doom, Super Scroll, uh, 94 to 96 Fantastic Four TV series. Boy, he, like Marvel loves him, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, obviously, like we said, Neil, Neil's gotten around. Uh, he's just, he's done a lot of stuff, and I really, really like Neil for that. Uh, but to, to kind of come back to uh, Pidge, I mean, you know, I love the fact that he's got this high-pitched voice that he's talking about. And when he does the voice, he did the voice at Comic-Con, and to see him, he was kind of pitching it forward. You could almost see him talking like he had buck teeth, and he was very nasal. And it was the weirdest thing, because as I'm watching it, I'm looking and going, holy crap, he looks just like Pidge with the mm-hmm. way he was doing it. It was it was absolutely amazing watching him do it. Uh, but Pidge, you know, Pidge, I love I, I gotta say, I loved him, you know, the fact that he flew the Green Lion, uh, and the fact that he was always, I don't want to say like the nerd of the group, because he, he kind of, he was really into science and everything, but he really wasn't like completely geeky. He was yeah, always trying the, to fix stuff, you know. Yeah, he's not like Donatello. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, and Pidge is the only one that has a tie to the hated vehicle farce. <laughs> series uh, portion of this because he has a twin brother chip who's a member of that team and and we'll kind of cover that a little bit later (laughs) Uh, let me see what else did we have Uh, well since we mentioned Neil voicing Keith we'll talk about Keith as well Uh, Keith was the head of Voltron Force uh, who piloted the Black Lion uh, and he wore he wore a red uniform, which I always thought, again, was a little odd because, to me, it should have been should have been black. Yeah, like I, you know, like we said, we have no idea, and maybe, oh man, I, I would I, I would say we could ask uh, one of the executive producers, but sadly, that person passed away a few years ago. Uh, Peter Peter Keefe, uh, P- Peter Keefe was one of the main heads at at. Um, uh, 
World Enter. Uh, oh God, what's the name? Um, uh, oh God, I know who you're talking. World about. Event Productions. Yes. World Event Productions. He 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 was one of the major people behind Voltron, and there was a couple of I think it was after one of the one of the tin sets came out. He uh, he had passed away, which is kind of sad. But um, yeah, I, I guess it's a mystery. We'll we'll kind of never know. Um, I mean, I don't mind that it doesn't like. Doesn't bother me all that much, especially since the black suit eventually went away and got replaced by some hot pink. Yeah, um, and considering it looked, <laughs> it looked pretty good, uh, I'll agree to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see. Now we also had, oh god, well we had after Keith, we have um, one other person who was a member of the Voltron Force that of the original Voltron Force that we haven't covered yet. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, voiced by Lenny Weinrib. This was Hunk. Yeah. Uh, I, I I really liked Hunk just because he was kind of that. I don't want to say big and goofy and stupid because he really wasn't stupid at all. But he and Pidge were like you know pe- two peas in a pod, really close to each other throughout the entire series. I always thought that mm-hmm. was fun. Like he always seemed to treat Pidge like he was his little brother. Oh, absolutely. Um... Uh, yeah, they were best friends on the series. Um, Hunk is pretty much what I would consider to be an everyman character. Um, yeah. Not in the sense of like Spider-Man or Nightwing or something like that, but just on, along the lines of that, he's the one that a lot of us could relate to. Uh, you know, Lance is the ladies' man. Pidge is, I mean, sure, a lot of us could relate to Pidge. Lance is the ladies' man, and Keith is this, you know, he's not really a, sto- I wouldn't say he's a stoic leader, but he's the leader type. Um, yeah. And I don't think anybody wanted to relate to Elora. We wanted to have relations with Elora. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, we have to bring up, because I, I know Lenny Weinrib had, he has done quite a few voices. Um, he has done a, depending upon who you're talking to, either a really hated or a really loved character. Okay. You know what? I, I think you know which one I'm referring to. It's he, he was on that Scooby-Doo TV series voicing Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I personally, I didn't care for Scrappy-Doo. He was kind of annoying and just, you know, the puppy power I could have done way without. I know that you like... I, I know that you like Scrappy Doo, so well, I'm not. To be <laughs> fair, I like the original Scrappy. Um, uh, oh wow! Wait, wait. When did that change? Wow, he was the original. I uh, thought Don. I thought Don was the original. Um, huh. I thought I'm, Don was. No, it it, it is uh, according to you know. Yeah, because I was gonna your, say I, I thought Don Messick was Scooby, so he he is, but according yeah. to Wikipedia. I believe, when did Lenny pass away? Uh, 2006. Oh, then why? Why does Wikipedia have him, 1979 to 1980, voiced by Lenny Weinrib for Scrappy, um, and then 80 to 85 and 87 to 88, Don Messick? Uh, Maybe because he was doing Flintstone Kids at the time. Uh, uh, maybe I don't. I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, he was Fred Flintstone on Flintstone Kids at the time, so he could have been just maybe too busy, couldn't have gotten around to it. Mm. Uh, 
God, he's done. He Lenny did a bunch of stuff too. Oh yeah, Lenny's got a bunch of stuff in his. In... Yeah, I'm looking through here. Oh God, I forgot about this. Lenny was Count Bragula in the Super Globetrotters TV series. <laughs> oh, there's some things I would really wish I could forget. <laughs> uh, let me see. Uh, Magic Mongo on uh, the Sid and Marty Croft Super Show. Uh, damn. He was he did a bunch of stuff. This is going to... He played both a hero and a villain. You know that, right? For which one? He was Hunk and Lotor. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Why did I forget that? I I didn't remember that about him being Lotor. Oh. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead. We'll kind of... We'll, we'll cover... There's a few other people who I want to cover real quick before we jump on to the villains. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we want to cover Princess Alora. Or um, uncover her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <sighs> something about a blonde. Something about the blonde, especially when she put on the lion outfit and she was wearing the pink armor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I could have cared less that she was wearing pink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just Princess Laura was, I. you know, I, I thought she was really cool. I'm glad that they actually put her into a role where she was she was actually taking on and being a a, a male you know in a male role in a sense uh, that wasn't something that you typically saw in, in 80s cartoons so it was kind of a surprise to see her and she was taking on a bigger role mm-hmm. uh, you know just a, that was I, I like the fact that they they killed off Sven to bring her in and that was important. <laughs> Uh, but the fact that her father, too. Now, we have to mention her father because her father <laughs> was uh, King Alfor. Yeah. And let me see if I if I don't want to screw this up because I probably will. If I remember correctly, King Alfor was vo- voiced by Peter Cullen. King I'm, Alfor and Karan. Karan was the, the palace caretaker. Thank you. Thank you. I, I was like, wait, I don't want to screw this up. <laughs> Because I'm sure that I'm going to have some fanboys that are going to be screaming at me. You're wrong. <laughs> nope. Oh, uh, and of course, Peter Cullen was the narrator throughout this. So when you <laughs> hear the intro, that was it. You know, and, and I know that you said this at one time, Mike. I'm going to say it as well because I thought the same thing when I heard it. What is Optimus Prime doing on Voltron? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, it was just it was so great, and. and in a way, it totally worked, and I totally got me hooked on Voltron because I kept thinking, "Wow, guy who does the voice of two robots, <laughs> you know, who's involved with well, two robots." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. Uh, you know, Peter Cullen is as the narrator. Just Peter has this. It, it's not even the fact that it's his Optimus Prime voice, but it's his voice is just. So commanding. There are a lot of great narrators out there. There are a lot of narrators currently that are on TV shows that I watch that I really enjoy them. But a show like this, a cartoon series like this, high action, a little bit of drama, you know, because let's face it, Lotor is a complete drama queen. Oh, yeah. Um, 
you know, uh, and his father, Zarkon, is basically your, you know, I wouldn't say stoic, but basically your staunch military leader. Um, and the thing with Peter is like, you got to think also, you know, you got him as Optimus Prime, him as several characters in the series, plus the narrator, plus he was Eeyore for like 30 years. Oh, oh, like, oh. And we cannot forget Knight Rider. He was Car. Car. Cannot forget uh, Car. <laughs> in, in 1982 and 2008. Yes. Yes. The guy is just, I mean, he, I don't know how he's still going on this. I mean, I, I love the fact that he is because, you know. You know, the funny thing about Peter Cullen is I, you know, I'm not going to say a bad thing about the guy, but I'm really wondering what the heck is he doing nowadays? Because, okay, outside of the Transformers movies, yeah, you know, Transformers Prime just ended uh, a little while ago last year. Um, you know, uh, Transformers Rescue Bots is still going, but he's not Optimus Prime isn't a main character on that show. So right. I'm really wondering, like, is he he's living off of residuals? <laughs> no, well, I don't want to say I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't want to just say that. But, I know. Uh, I know. Uh, you know, he, he's got to have other things that he's doing. Maybe he's doing he maybe he's doing uh, radio. Excuse me. Maybe he's doing radio announcements behind the scene and we just don't know it. Uh, maybe, because I don't listen to enough radio anymore. There's too many ads. Yeah, I mean, for all we know, he could be another Rob Paulson doing Honda or um, <laughs> another um, uh, Maurice LaMarche doing for Lexus. So, who knows? <laughs> no, I well, see, now, TV commercials is something a little bit different. I would have recognized his voice. On a, on a TV commercial. Now, radio commercials, I, I'm not exactly sure. The yeah, the last thing that he's credited with on um, on IMDb is uh, Prime, Transformers Prime, the 2014 Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards, uh, yep. Rescue Bots, and obviously the upcoming Age of Extinction. Um, other than that, I, I mean... He had a he did a short in 2009 called Burden, but pretty much everything. Yeah, I mean everything. Everything since 2007, 2008, which he did my friends Tigger and Pooh as Eeyore. Um, everything since that time, he's either been Car in the new Night Rider series that happened for one episode, or he's doing Transformers stuff as Optimus. Holy crap, I just saw this. I didn't realize he was Monterey Jack in Chippendale. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. Okay, well, let's get off of Peter Cullen. Let's go ahead here. We do have one other one other set of characters that we kind of have to mention. Uh, that were, I'll, I'll consider them good guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they were the space mice. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, I mean, we should have yeah. talked about them when we were talking about Pidge, because yeah. outside of the princess, Pidge is the only one that can actually understand them. <laughs> uh, there's not much to say about them, though. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're space, they're, they're, they're mice that live in space. Uh, yeah. You know, they're, um, well, they have funny little anecdotes every now and then, and they, they are 
probably better than any guard dog at early warning system. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and didn't they have the key? If I remember correctly, they had one of the keys for the lions, for one of the mm-hmm. lions hidden somewhere. They had, they had the, the black lion key. Yep. Okay. See, and this is, again, I have watched Voltron I don't know how many times. I've watched it on Netflix. I just didn't watch it right before we did the podcast, so I apologize, <laughs> folks. I'm going all on memory on this. <laughs> yep. Oh, no, see, this, this is the thing with me. Any show that I've loved, for the most part, the major opening plot points of the opening stories to get the series set up, I usually can remember everything. There are only... I think a couple of series that I don't remember, you know, everything yeah. from those first few episodes. Yeah, so. yeah, and I mean, for the most part, I know most of the ser- most of the story, uh, which we'll get to in a few minutes. I don't want to use this as a segue just yet. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, no. But let's go ahead here. We'll talk real quick about some of the bad guys because we do have, you know, all the villains on this on this thing here. We had, um, oh, let's see, we had Prince Lotor. We had. Uh, King What's, Zarkon. Yeah, King, uh, King Zarkon, Queen Merla, Hagger, the Witch. Yep. Um, and, of course, most of them were either voiced by B.J. Ward, Tress McNeil, or Jack Angel. <laughs> yep. uh, First time I ever saw King Zarkon, I'm like, hey, so that's what Astro Train would look like if he was a human-type character. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a quadruple changer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jack was one of those people, he, he had a good voice to him and I loved him. I remember him. If you saw, I kind of mentioned this in Beetlejuice when we did Beetlejuice, uh, way back when in October, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Angel did a small cameo in there where he was the voice of the minister that was supposed to be marrying Beetlejuice and Lydia. <laughs> so you get to hear his voice there. Uh, but yeah, Jack's done. He did a bunch of stuff as well. Uh, after um, after Mr. Stack, I believe, passed away, he took over Ultra Magnus, and he is Ultra Magnus in Season 3 for, for G1. Uh, let's see here. He was... Well, he was Papa Smurf in the Smurfs 2 video game. He's been some additional voices in Mater's Tall Tales. He was Chunk in Toy Story 3... Master Control on Grim Adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tons of stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so much here. I'm looking at this, and it's like, anyway, moving on from Jack Angel, because, you know, we had King we had King Zarkon. I personally couldn't stand him. I mean, you know, you were supposed to hate him, which is fine. He was better than Lotor, though. I mean, Lotor, as much as I love Voltron, Lotor as a character is completely cliche because yeah. he is the, the, the evil son who wants to make the princess fall in love with him. That. Oh yeah. Just that. slime ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably the best way to put it. Uh, yeah. Now Prince Lotor, we did have, we've already mentioned him. Um, he was voiced by Lenny Weinrib. So yeah. we'll just kind of roll past that on, on him. Uh, but yeah, Prince Lotor, I, you know, again, I couldn't stand him just cause he was that like creepy, icky type of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Queen Merla, she doesn't show up. She only showed up for like what? Seven episodes, something like that. 
Uh, but she was voiced by Dot, a.k.a. Tress McNeil. <laughs> yes. Which I, I still love that. I, I, I still think of that and just every time I see her on screen, that's all I can think is, oh, my God, it's Dot. She's cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hager was voiced by B.J. Ward, uh, who also, I want to say that she was Princess Allura. Yep. So, uh, BJ has done numerous, numerous things as well. Uh, and as I mentioned off air, she, ap- she actually happens to be married to Gordon Hunt, uh, who Gordon Hunt has given quite a few people at Hanna-Barbera when Hanna-Barbera was still Hanna-Barbera, uh, their starts. Uh, he helped to give Rob Paulson his start. Uh, he was working really hard with, uh, George, oh God, not George. Uh, well, no, maybe it's uh, George O'Hanlon, I think it was, who did the yep. voice of George Jetson. Yep. Uh, I mean, just wonderful, wonderful man. Uh, but yeah, BJ Ward, uh, if I can get IMDb to pull up here, I can talk a little bit more about it. <laughs> uh, let's see. She has done Aunt Margaret on Curious George. Dr. Bittersweet on Total Spy, Totally Spies. Uh, she was a Velma in the Scooby-Doo video game, Night of a Thousand, Night of a Hundred Frights. She was a bunch of, I mean, all these people were just, have done amazing, amazing works. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like you watch this and you, you kind of go, okay, they've gone and grown from here. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is kind of where you want to say, hey, they got their start from this. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. So let's go ahead here. We'll we'll kind of jump from this. Uh, we'll jump into uh, talking about really more the the story and the plot of the of the series. Voltron will be back after these messages. Uh, Mike, you, I, I know you know a lot more about the first the first couple of episodes. I'm going to let you go ahead and discuss that. <laughs> um, basically what happens is you have Keith who is uh, – you, you have Keith, Pidge, Hunk, Lance, and Sven who are space explorers. They are trying to free people on planet – they're trying to free prisoners on planet Doom and they themselves get captured. They escape – they work for the Galactic Alliance, they who is based back on Earth, and yet you know Planet Eris and Planet Doom are in the far universe. So I have no idea how many millions of miles the far universe is from Planet Earth whatsoever. Uh, but it seems like you know you, you can't just you know hover Winnebago, yeah, with, with turbo jets over over to the far universe. Uh, no matter how many mogs are, are riding with you. Well, um, maybe if you got a bottle of liquid Schwartz, but that's a whole story for another, another yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, and they find out that uh, Zarkon is there. Lotor comes back eventually. Um, Zarkon wants to destroy planet Eris, destroy the princess. Uh, they get stuck on Eris uh, trying to save her, and that's where the whole lion thing comes in and and they have to go searching for the keys. And the princess and Koran do not think that any of them are worthy for them. The lions choose them. They then, you know, go out and do test runs. And it's 
it's a whole process, and they, they you know they eventually form Voltron, and they defeat defeat the Real Beast of the Week, and that that was one of the things. Even though I know nowadays we still have you know cartoons and TV shows that do Villain of the Week, back then it was cool to see. Oh yeah, what the Real Beast of the Week was going to be, because you never know what Hagar and Lotor and Zarkon were going to throw at them. And it was always something weird, because they were like, they started out, they were supposed to be like some sort of robots that they'd send <laughs> down a coffin from space. Yeah, space coffin. <laughs> and, and I was always fascinated by that. I always thought, okay, what's going to come out of this thing this time? And, you know, I mean, you'd see all sorts of crazy demons and such. And, you know, Hagar would cast her magic and use it to pull the Robeast out and... You know, I, I I always wondered why they called it a roe beast until I realized that if they called it a regular beast, people would be all upset about them killing an actual animal or an actual creature. And the fact that you had a robot battling a roe beast. Okay, cool. That works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I loved this series. I mean, it was just for that. And then, of course, when you have Voltron coming through the two, you know, like I mentioned, the two lion heads coming together and pulling apart to form Blazing Sword <laughs> to slash the Robeast in half. That was probably the best part of, of the entire series for me. And now, back to Voltron, Defender of the Universe. You know, Robot versus Robeast was, was absolutely amazing. And it was interesting how, how Hagar formed, because Hagar is... I really didn't want to get into this comparison now, but if you look at Hagar and you look at a certain other evil empress in the live-action 90s, um, Hagar is essentially Rita Repulsa's grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, because Hagar is Rita Repulsa and Finster combined into one. Because oh. Finster, Finster would always make clay monsters for for Rita from, from his clay and – you know, they would turn into real monsters and everything else, but Hagar was so much cooler. I would love to see a showdown between Hagar and um, um, Shadow Weaver from, from She-Ra. That would be awesome. Oh, no, that would be. I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. I could definitely see that. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I thought that the season, or I thought the series was really good. I, I do want to kind of cover here, since... I actually went out, thanks to you, Mike, I went out and bought the music for this. There is a Voltron CD, you know, iTunes has it for 10 bucks. If you don't have it and you love the music, this is what you want to buy. They start off with the narration on it. They have bumpers when they cut back and forth. In fact, you know, we'll, we'll probably take a break here and I'll use those bumpers to come in and out. Uh, but it, it's... All the music, the, the lions, when you when you hear the different lions, when you see the different lions, the forming of Voltron, all that music is just, it meant something. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. It really, really did. Yeah, the music uh, in Voltron is absolutely amazing. I believe when they first released that 50-plus track CD set you're talking about, the single-disc set, I believe I originally bought that, a physical copy of it on Voltron.com when it first came out. I had it. I imported it into my into my iTunes. I don't have it anymore. I do now. But I, I have the music. I, I just don't have the disc anymore. Um, 
And uh, hearing that music is simply amazing. And I haven't listened to it since I first bought the CD. I'm de- I'm definitely keeping my headphones on tonight, and I'm oh, gonna yeah. basically basically have my ears assaulted by Voltron music because <laughs> uh, it is so John Peterson. Oh my God! I would love if that guy is still around. I would love to interview him. Oh yeah, that would be well worth it. That Absolutely. No, the, the, and one of the things I I do want to bring up simply because this was something very special and very it, definitely a big point of trivia with this Voltron with its audio. This was one of the very first television shows that ever broadcast in stereo. Uh, so when they were actually running these things, you you'd see when the show came on in the afternoons in L.A. Uh, you would see these guys run over to the TV sets to turn them on. You know all these. Um, you know what would be the best buy of of that era? They were running around to turn the sets on so that they could display the fact that their TVs would blast out in stereo with this thing. I, I always thought oh. that was really cool. Absolutely, they were the first show that had stereo broadcast sound. They created it for everyone else. Oh. It was absolutely amazing. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely you'll definitely be able to hear that because I'm going to broadcast this and I'm going to play some of the music and such. In stereo for this, you just can't. You can't not do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I love this series. Now, I know that this was to kind of get into a little bit of the history of the show since I didn't actually cover it at the beginning here, uh, so that everybody knows who who hasn't actually followed Voltron. This originally was a Japanese series. Uh, it was called Go Lion back yep. uh, back in Japan. And they had the five lions. Originally, it was supposed to be that uh, they were going to be they were going to be getting this, uh, this this company called World Events Productions had seen it, and they were going to import this thing with the lions. And they saw this other one, this other series, and they're like, "Oh, well, we want that one." And well, they screwed up in sending it to World Event Productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be um, Beast King Go Lion. And they sent it to him, and they're like, oh, well, this isn't what we wanted, but we like this better. We're going to go with this. <laughs> and, yeah, good thing, because it's become one of the favorites of the 80s. Ladies and gentlemen, this show, I I can, okay, sure, He-Man came a year before this. G.I. Joe, uh, I believe a year before that. I could be wrong. I don't remember off the top of my head. Would you know? Wait a minute. Now I got to look. Um, this show really launched a lot of things to do with syndication, with stereo yes. sound, with a whole bunch of stuff. Like this show's media blitz and what happened. This show was one of the first cartoon series to ever have live action people be in, you know, someone sewed these suits, real suits, made real helmets and had them go, you know, you always hear about the turtles uh, stage show or not, not stage. You know what I mean? It's not a, it's not a stage show. It's not, it's not like the Lion King stage show show. thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the meet and greet type of things. And it's like, Oh my God. Like Voltron really was the first to really kind of do that. And it was yeah, it was um, eighty two for for GI Joe. So sure, GI Joe came in eighty two, 
He-Man, Masters Universe came in 83. Voltron Transformers came in 84. Mask and Gem, 85. Uh, you know, it just, it, Voltron did so much. It combined. Oh, yeah. Let's see, nowadays, ladies and gentlemen, I am, have you seen, I know, I don't know if the listeners have seen, have you seen the, um, the Phineas and Ferb episode where they go to the convention? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Speckies versus the Finkies. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, Ferb, we've started an intergenre geek war. <laughs> Here, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. As an adult, for the most part, unless it has to do with King Arthur, I absolutely cannot stay and I cannot get into King Arthur or, or He Man. Cannot get into the Mystic, the fucking Hobbits. Any of that stuff, I just cannot get into it. Yet you show me a, you know, the 2009 Star Trek movie, or you know, show me a Star Wars film, or you know, some sort of space adventure, I will be all for it. You know, for, for the most part. Um, and, but back then, as a kid, and even now, Voltron did something amazing. Voltron combined mysticism and basically. Um, not mysticism. Um, well, magic and, it, magic and technology, really. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Voltron combined magic and technology so perfectly. Okay, sure. He-Man has you know a magic sword. Skeletor has, has all kinds of crazy spells. And Man-at-Arms has all kinds of gadgets and attack tracks and sky sleds and all that stuff. But Voltron is a space... Uh, you know, jungle fantasy adventure kind of cartoon, and you know, because a lot of these robeasts would be fought in the jungle or out in the open plains, or most of them were not fought in rubber suits in giant fake cities. Um, <laughs> Although, <laughs> hey, know. we we, we got to thank Godzilla for that because you know, 1954, mm-hmm. well before that, we wouldn't have had yes. some of these concepts without that. So. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, this is just—it was awesome. There's just no way to, no other way to say that. Uh, I would probably say for this one, I would put this up, if not in my top, if not in my top three, definitely in my top five cartoons of all time. Uh, I mean, I I really like this one here. It was. It's just because there's so many others. I mean. G.I. Joe and Transformers. It, it, it's hard to say, okay, do I put Voltron down because of those? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, th- this series just, it helped launch so much. It, as you were mentioning with the stereo sound, one thing I think that this really did was it kind of helped open the eyes of everybody to say, maybe Japanese animation really is somewhere that we should go and start looking at. Because I really don't think that I mean, they had ro- you know they had Robotech, but Robotech was right around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want to say that Robotech came like shortly after Voltron. Don't quote me on this because I'm not 100 percent certain. <laughs> I'd have to look. Yeah, so would I. I mean, but it was the fact that this here had the younger crowd, the younger kids getting into it, and then you also had you know if, if you go back and watch it now, the storylines really were kind of aimed for an older crowd. So absolutely, you know, people could watch this with their kids and yeah, they, they would see some kind of scary things. Some of the road beasts, you know, they were pretty damn scary, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have any problems with sitting a kid in front of the TV to watch Voltron nowadays. 
Oh, no. Absolutely not. Um, well, this, do you have anything else you want to say about Defender of the Universe? No, I think we need to kind of jump into mentioning really quick the vehicle farce. <laughs> um, all right. So there was... Because Voltron originally, because I, I don't think World Events Productions knew what they wanted to do, they, we have three Voltron series. We have Vehicle Voltron, Gladiator Voltron, and Lion Force Voltron. Uh, and Lion Force Voltron is what became Voltron Defender of the Universe. And it is what uh, we know as the Far Universe. We also had Vehicle Force was the Near Universe, and the Gladiator Voltron was the middle universe. Um, these universes are really bad neighbors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Vehicle Force Voltron, I really can't say too much about it because it's been decades since I've seen it. It I, really has. Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing a few episodes and it was just like, oh, this isn't Voltron. And mm -hmm. it pissed me off. Absolutely. Um Gladiator Voltron of the Middle Universe. I don't think I've ever seen it. Proposed Voltron 2 episodes, so-called, because they took place in the Middle Universe, were to have been based on Lightspeed Electro... Yeah. Um, <laughs> although Abergas toys were marketed in the United States under the Voltron 2 name, the series never... Oh! Never yeah. actually aired due to the extreme popularity of the Lion Voltron, lack of popularity of the Vehicle Voltron yep. series. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they, I, I actually do have, well, I did have, Matchbox came out with them. They had a black, a red, and a blue Voltron 2. And basically you were supposed to be able to take them, like flip the back off and have one set be a leg. And then you're supposed to like combine it so that the blue kind of, kind of formed around the top of the black and have them all form this one like eight-armed Voltron, which was kind of neat. And I had one of them, and that was it. I really wish I'd been able to get more, but unfortunately, my parents wouldn't buy me anything more than just the one. Yeah. There was a Fleet of Doom television special in 86. Uh, World Events hired Toei Animation to produce a one-off crossover television special, which mixed in Go Lion and Dare Rugger XV footage with new animation. The special was made... For the international market and has not been released in Japan. <laughs> they made it for the international market and it's been released here but not over there. They got um, screwed. <laughs> Voltron, the third dimension animated series in 1998 after some initial interest. Uh, a computer generated series was released in 90. Okay, now let's look at this for a minute here. Um, 96, you had Beast Wars. Uh, 99, you had Beast Machines. Uh, you also had Reboot in, I believe, 96 or 95. I can't remember off the top of my head when Reboot started. Um, CGI animation was at its infancy back then. It really, really was. And Voltron of the Third Dimension, do not, unless you're curious to watch the first episode, do not ever watch it because it looks like crap. Yeah. <laughs> um, surprisingly, as uh, as about 2011, there were supposedly rumors of Voltron, the Defend Defender of the Universe, live-action film. Um, that has yet to come to light. Uh, supposedly, re relative res relativity media uh, will, will bring... Um, 
Uh, Atlas Entertainment and Re- Re- Relativity Media announced they will bring Voltron Defender of the Universe to the big screen. Uh, Relativity Media will d- distribute, but there hasn't been anything since 2011 on that. Now, there was a new series that had a rap song for the theme. A new. That's that's the one thing. One thing I don't like about Voltron Force. Um, is is the theme song after I watched the series because it didn't get a it didn't get past the first season. Oh. After I watched the series, it was pretty good. Um, you know there there weren't few first few episodes are kind of like mm, whatever. Um, but after a while, I I really got to got to liking it. Um, you have uh, I'm trying to see here uh, who is Keith. Uh, doesn't say. Um, you have almost a bunch of unknowns in this. You have Gary Chalk as as uh, Sky Marshal Wade. Gary Chalk is obviously not an unknown. Uh, you have Tabitha St. Germain. She's not an unknown. But the rest of these names, I don't recognize. Vincent Tong I might recognize. But I don't recognize most of the other yeah. names in this. It was pretty good. I believe it's still on Netflix. It was pretty decent for what it is. Um, I couldn't get past the the CGI type of animation because they couldn't decide what they wanted to do, whether they wanted to do 2d or 3d animation. Oh, it was a little, it was a little jarring, but other than that, after I got past it a little bit, um, it was all right for the most part. Maybe that's just it. Maybe that's why it didn't go on for more than 26 episodes, just because people yeah. weren't, weren't into it as much and, or that, or it was just not the right time, you know, now, if if they could pull off the Voltron live action movie, you know, well, this is the problem. Thank you, Michael Bay, for destroying our childhoods. Um, oh, did you hear the latest news? I, I can't believe this is actually good timing that we um, that we are talking about this. Uh, I saw on Facebook uh, right before we recorded this episode that um, apparently Pacific Rim Two. Do you have any initial thoughts? Have you seen the first film? Do you yes. like not like it? I thought it was decent for what it was. Okay. Apparently Pacific Rim 2 is going to be um, inspired by Voltron. Oh, boy. (laughs) I'll have to to see if I can find the – I'll have to do a Google search and see if I can find this because I saw pictures earlier on Facebook where it showed like – I don't know if it was CGI or if it was a live action. I don't think it was a live action robot, but you know what I mean. It's like, yeah. Hmm. I'm actually just gonna look for her. Let's see. Pacific Rim Two. Okay. Uh, Could happen. Um. Original. Huh, that doesn't, that's not exactly what I was, oh, I know where it is, it's on, um, it's on Geek Time. Uh, sorry, folks, uh, I'm sorry, Doug, probably editing oh. you after doing this episode, thankfully okay. I'm not editing this one, <laughs> uh, let's see here, where is, God, I know I saw this somewhere, where, Okay, come on, Geek Turn. Legendary CEO. Zero 2 won't happen anytime soon. Uh, 
already writing Pacific Rim 2. Was this it? Yeah, see, I found something that says it's possible we could see it by 2016 or 2017, depending that's upon... That's what it is. 2016, that's what I saw. I forget what site I saw it on. Um, but there was a... There was something that said it was inspired by... It's going to be inspired by Voltron. And the image I saw was of some crazy-looking, really cool-looking Voltron Lion Force robot. And I just don't know anymore. I, yeah. I honestly don't. Um, whatever works, I guess. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's see. Yeah. No, that's... Uh, yeah, that's the that's the article I just saw a few minutes ago. No, I saw a picture on on Facebook where it was um, it showed what could potentially be a CGI Voltron in like live. It wasn't animation; it was like full on CGI effects for live action. That I saw a picture of a Voltron robot. I I hope that that's just a bastardization of it, and that it's not actually going to happen because. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I would be rather disappointed with that. It's I want my Voltron live action movie. Damn it! And I don't want it to be looking like Transformers. Here it is. Got it. Uh, it was from Pia, and it was. Oh no, it wasn't on. It wasn't on uh, Geek Tyrant. Um, I don't know where that image is from though. Uh, here it is. Here. There we go. It's in the Skype window there. I don't know where this. I don't know where that Voltron image is from, though. Uh, finally, here's some Pacific Rim Two news for you. Pacific Rim Two is now being planned and getting Guillermo is now writing a draft of the story. Legendary picture CEO Thomas. Um, the title of the article is Pacific Rim Two confirmed Del Toro mecha movie sequel inspired by Voltron as rumors spread of uh, Jaegers combining to form Super Robot. No. I mean, the only reason why I like this, because I'm not a fan, I haven't even seen Pacific Rim. I just, I don't care enough to see it. Uh, I'm not a monster movie guy. I'm I'm just not. Um, The only reason why I even mention this is because of what this Voltron image looks like on the left here. Oh, yeah. And I wonder where the hell they got that from or what that is from because, (coughs) or what artist did that. Yeah, I I would be impressed. I, I would love to see that because it looks like looking at it, you can see it's dark. It looks mm-hmm. like something straight out of, straight off of a movie poster. And I God, I would sit there and watch that all day long. I know. Drive my wife nuts. <laughs> if, it, if it was Voltron only. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, Pacific Rim Two trying to form into Voltrons, you know, and yeah, you know what? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... You know what? I, I think I'm going to have to step off of this before I start really going and being really nasty about it. So, Voltron Defender of the Universe, one of the best 80s cartoons ever. Um, yes. It really, really is. Uh, go back and watch it, people. Um Amazing stories are being told in that show. The music is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, and even if even if all you can find is, I, I, I don't want to mention the vehicle for us because really you don't want to watch that. 
if you can't find anything like on Netflix and you can only find Voltron Force, at least watch that so you kind of have an idea. Get your kids to watch right. it. I watch know something. all five. I know all five collections or volumes or whatever you want to call them, the Lion volumes. I know that they are on uh, um, um, iTunes. Uh, yeah. So you can get them there. Uh, I'm not sure. I think Netflix removed the original Voltron at one point. They always move stuff around, and yeah, it's and that's something I I almost I, maybe if I can get the money together this year when I go to Comic Con, I might see if I can buy the tins. the The only thing that stopped me last year was that there was only one place that had all five tins. And they wanted thirty bucks a piece for the tins, and I just couldn't bring myself to spend that much for them. I just found them on Amazon for all five for just under eighty bucks. Oh, I tempt you, don't me. I? Yes, my <laughs> wife on, is going me, to kill me. <laughs> let me see if I can find it again. Why don't, why don't you close this up? So we're <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, folks, I, I want to thank you guys for all listening to. Uh, our episode of Voltron here. Uh, thank you for listening and talking about my generation. Uh, Mike, I know you've got some things that are coming up with um, GeekCast Radio Network. I know you have the episode that we... It's supposed to be airing tonight. The 75 Years of Batman that you had me and... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. 75 Years of Batman will air as this, as this podcast is being recorded. Um... After that is three more episodes for Batman, and then uh, who know? I don't know what's going on after that for pullback. I I don't know what's going on in June. I think Turtles and Transformers and all kinds of stuff. Um, so yeah, we've got that. We've got our five year contest going on as of this recording, May twenty first, twenty fourteen. You people have something like ten days, I think. To enter our five-year contest, you can find details about that on the main page on the banner. It says five-year contest on geekcastradio.com. Head on over there and check out all of the other content that we do. It's absolutely amazing. Yes, and I want, to, I want to tell everybody about the little contest drawing that I'm doing here for talking about my generation as well. Uh, again, I, I did mention it on the last episode since we did not have an episode last week due to Horrible fires here in, in Southern California. Uh, I will be giving away a, an unopened mint inbox Batman action figure from... It was a 2004 uh, Wizard World San Diego Comic-Con Mattel collectible. Uh, I know that there is a Batman in there, and it's the box... The inside box, from what I've seen on pictures online, is blue, and it's a black and gray Batman. That's all I know. I There were supposed to be variants of it, so it may be a variant inside the box. But I will give that away when I get to 100 likes. Uh, I do have other things that I will give away. I have things like a Star Wars watch, or uh, not a Star Wars watch, Star Trek watch that I will give away. Uh, I have some movie trailers for Anastasia, Mulan. Uh, I will give those away here. Those are in 35mm format, so if somebody wants to try and get to those... Start liking, and I'll start giving stuff away. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody. <laughs> uh, right now we are at 60 likes, so we only have 40 to go. So please, everybody, share and, and get on it. Uh, so with that, we're going to go ahead and close out the show. Uh, I will 
definitely have to have the Voltron music, some sort of Voltron music playing in through here. I'm not sure what just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go! 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 Let's go!